Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Caught Looking Show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Balzano. We have a packed show for you this episode as we will be discussing the MLB draft, the Dodgers' resurgence, the insanity the trade deadline brings, and the future of the lovable losers, the New York Mets. We also have some one-minute opinions that will blow you away. Cue the music. All right, welcome back to the show. We got a packed week this week, so we're just going to jump right into it. First segment of the week, we got the trade deadline. This is undoubtedly the best time of the year for baseball fans. Rumors are flying. Everyone is crazy. Baseball Twitter is going off. Nobody knows what's going on. It was like Otani mania, but in the same day every year. And either teams make their team significantly better, or they lose out and their World Series chances are pretty much gone. For, for the trade deadline, we're going to name a few teams and possible landing spots for players with one year left in their contract. I'll start. I got the, my Washington Nationals, my favorite team. They need to pick up a guy at the trade deadline if they're going to get past the first round. And the guy that I chose, because the Nationals are doing so bad hitting, they're missing Adam Eaton, they're missing Daniel Murphy, they need a first baseman that can hit the ball out of the park and hit for average, and that guy is Jose Abreu from the Chicago White Sox. Now, Abreu's batting 299 with 10 homers, and he's having a great year. He's got one year left on his contract, and I think he'd be a great addition to the Washington Nationals. Now, in order for the Nationals to do that, they're going to have to give up more prospects, which they already don't have, but this is probably their last chance to win a World Series. So this is vital, absolutely vital. Joe, what do you got? Well, first off, I know everybody liked that introduction, so if you'd like me to do the introduction from now on, then uh, you know, hit us up in the comments section, just hit, up a, hit us up in general, and uh, we'll figure it out from there. But Fuck off, Joe. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, So one of the teams that I had uh, highlighted for the trade deadline was the Atlanta Braves. Uh, no one's talked about this yet, but is it possible that the Braves could be in this Manny Machado sweepstakes? Johan Camargo is a rookie, not playing that well. The Jose Batista experiment did not work out. He's on the Mets now. And they have the prospects, the fourth best farm system in the league. Why is nobody talking about Manny Machado of the Braves? I know the Braves weren't supposed to be this good, but what if they keep being good? What happens? Because they're not going to win the World Series, Joe. They're not good enough. They just dropped out of first place. The Nats took over. And I think that their run is over. And Machado is not worth... You give up at the Hall of Prospects, and you know you have no guarantee that he's resigning. And, and, would, and even if he does, you're resigning him for massive amounts of money. I think that I would bet my life that Manny Machado doesn't sign with the Atlanta Braves in this offseason. He's going to a big market. He's getting a big fucking contract. He's going to sell a ton of jerseys. While I agree that I don't think the Braves have a real chance at him after this, if he wants to win rings... The Atlanta Braves might be the place to go. This team just started getting good. They're very young. They have an MVP candidate in Freddie Freeman. Nick Marquez is off the fucking walls right now. And then you got guys like Acuna, Ozzy Albies, who we talk about all the time. This team could be good, and they could compete this year. They're a half game out of first place. The Nationals are probably going to lose tonight. So, you know, that means that they could be right there. 
And if they stay right there, I say that Manny Machado has a chance of going to the Braves for these prospects that they have in their farm system. Uh, well, I just disagree completely, honestly. I think Donaldson's a better target, and that's just that. Um, but for me, I have... Uh, I have the Indians as like a potential buyer at this deadline. I think they need bullpen. Their bullpen is one of the worst in the MLB, and it's just been the biggest black mark on their team, and it was such a strength in years past that they need to turn that around. I think a guy that helps that is Brad Hand, San Diego. They get rid of a few you know, good prospects. Yeah, I don't think you have to give up everything, and you bolster your bullpen, make a chance, because you know you're winning that division as long as you're staying afloat. I think that's really going to help them, too, because the, their bullpen has been really, really bad. Especially when Miller has two DL stints already on the year. Add that, depth. That's all they got to do. Yeah, they need it. Do you really think that, maybe to win a division, all they need is a bullpen piece, but do you really think that to win the World Series, all they need is a bullpen piece? These teams have been hovering around 500 for the whole year. Um, yeah, but they're playing well against the teams that they need to play well against. They're playing down to their competition. And if you look at it, Kluber, Carrasco, Bauer, in a five-game series against probably either the Mariners or the Astros because the Yankees or the Red Sox is going to get the best record in the league, so the Indians are going to be the three seed. I, I'll take that in five games. I'll take that rotation. And then you add a good bullpen, their offense is solid. In your bullpen, you would have Andrew Miller, Brad Hand, who's a closer now, and he's been doing great, and you have Cody Allen. You have your, your greatness back in your bullpen by just one addition. I mean, that pretty much locks it up both ways. Exactly. Good pick, Mark. I like it. Thank you. Uh, my next team, I had the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers are one piece away from being real World Series contenders. Um, and I think, personally, it's pitching. And they're going for a big name at the deadline. Chris Archer. They need this guy. The Rays don't need him. They need to give him up. Archer's been kind of mediocre this year. I mean, he's got a 4-plus ERA, but it's mainly because he probably has no motivation to win. If you go to Milwaukee with the potential to win a division, a great electric arm like Chris Archer, and uh, he'll probably turn it around and probably lead the Brewers to lead uh, deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I like I like uh, Chris Archer to the Brew Crew. Uh, if I would throw another name out there, I would say Marcus Stroman. I've talked about him going other places for a little bit of time. Uh, he's got a couple more years left on his contract. Chris Archer would probably be a better fit uh, just because you don't have to – get as many prospects because there's, it's only a half of a year, and that's usually how that, those things go. Uh, but Marcus Stroman does need a change of scenery. Do you have Marcus Stroman injury concerns, though? Uh, well, see, I don't have Marcus Stroman injury concerns because Marcus Stroman is just faking injuries. So I guess if you talk about fake injury concerns, I have huge injury concerns, but not real ones. That was Joe Conspiracy Minute. Come back next week for Joe's Conspiracy Minute. You might Marcus get a couple Stroman. more. Marcus Stroman, not really injured. All right, uh, we're going to move on to, to more sadness for one of our hosts, Joe Balzano. Uh, we're talking New York Mets and their future as an abysmal, sad organization and one of the worst teams in the NL East and probably ever. Joe, thoughts? Okay, uh, all, the, all the listeners, we need to get serious for a second. We have to picture a world where the Mets are not the Mets anymore and they, they, don't, they don't suck and they're good again. And we don't go to bed at night wondering why our bullpen blew another game and why Jacob DeGrom can't get a fucking win. And we go to we wake up in the morning and we go, oh my God, what does our lineup look like? Why is Devin Mezzarocco hitting fourth? Why is Jose Batista, who we just signed off the streets, picking garbage off the side of the street, hitting third for us? This is a world that we don't want to live in anymore. So where do we go from here? And the big question is, who's going to lead us to this to this new world? Even if we compete this year 
if we don't go far, and it does not look like we're going to compete this year, if we don't go far, Sandy Olsen's head, boom, chopped off. We need a new guy in here. If he sells DeGrom and Syndergaard, which I think is the most ludicrous decision in the world considering how many years of control they have left, boom, head, gone. Sandy Alton has no future with the New York Mets unless they compete this year. Now, Joe, are you saying you're going to kill Sandy Alderson? Uh, I'm going to say that most of New York is going to kill Sandy Alderson. I'll just be a happy viewer, oh, and okay. I'll, I'll enjoy the show while it's going on. Pretty sure that's an accomplice. Yeah, uh, you're an accomplice to murder. But the Mets, So, in my opinion, the New York Mets need to sell Jacob deGrom or Noah Syndergaard if they don't do both. First, you, you, you offer Syndergaard because he's, he's a load of potential, but not a lot of uh, like a show for it. DeGrom is absolutely filthy. He's gross. One of the best pitchers in the league. And the reason why you would sell one of the best pitchers in the league, one, he's young. He's, what, 29 years old. You don't know if he's going to be great you know, for the next 10 years, whatever it may be. So you could get maybe one of the biggest hauls ever in a, in a trade deadline trade. Well, first of all, you guys brought up uh, the accomplice to murder. I watch the Mets every single night, and trust me, whatever's going on in that field is worse than fucking murder. So <laughs> they're, 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 I don't have a problem with, there with uh, my accomplices and stuff. But uh, th- I know the haul would be huge for somebody like Syndergaard and somebody like DeGrom, but a lot of Met fans don't really want to start over. And if we have to start over, then that's fine. But we don't want to do it again, and we're not going to do it with Sandy Alderson because this would be the third time that we've started over under his tenure. And I don't necessarily think that if we started over and we gave up someone like Noah Syndergaard, who's under control till 2022, that what are we going to get in return that's going to be better than an ace? Death. Better players all around. They're, the Mets are not good enough flat out. Like You're seeing it this year. They tried to buy in. It didn't work. Like Whether it be injuries, there's a curse on the Mets then because every single year it seems like they're in the same exact spot, ready to compete, and they're not competing. Except for one year. Except for one year. It's not looking good for the Mets, Joe. If you don't have a, if you don't have a backup plan, what are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. I might purchase a gun or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about, uh, next segment, we're talking about uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They have come back and have become a force in the National League again. They're back to 500, only one and a half games back, and it's looking like their offense is putting together. They're seventh in runs. Their pitching is putting together, even without Clayton Kershaw. They're 12th in ERA in the league. Joe, I need to ask you this question. Are the Dodgers back? Yes, the Dodgers are back. The Dodgers never went away. In fact, we sat here last week, and our listeners who listened to the show last week, uh, my two friends here said that the Dodgers were pretenders. And I said, they're contenders. Of course they're contenders. They're the Los Angeles Dodgers. They just made the World Series last year. And these guys are still World Series contenders. Think about this. What did they really lose from last year? I understand that Clayton Kershaw's hurt, and I understand that Rich Hill has a blister from hell and... All these things, but Rich Hill didn't do much in the playoffs last year. So if you get a Clayton Kershaw back and you add a Walker Buehler to the mix, and then you have Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger just starting to get going, and Jock Peterson looking like a rookie again, his rookie season, these guys are for real, and I still think that they can absolutely take that division, let alone the World Series. Yeah, but there are a lot of concerns, though. They have injuries galore. They have Corey Seager out for the year. Clayton Kershaw, his second DL stint of the year. Ryu isn't coming back till after the All-Star break. 
Maeda's been hurt, and Rich Hill, you said it yourself, the blister. These injuries are killing them. If they, they may be back to 500 now, but they may be that that may be where, like that may be their peak. They could never get over that hump. Possibly, they have so many injuries. And in addition, Matt Kemp is playing out of his goddamn mind. This guy's batting 349. They were trying to trade him in the preseason. If he stops hitting, the season's over. Wouldn't you agree? No, no, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Uh, I think that Justin Turner just got back, and I think that these guys like Jock Peterson, Cody Bellinger, if one of them picks it up and if one of them has the year that they're capable of having, and we've seen this from for a long time from Jock Peterson where he just hasn't gotten going, and he's finally starting to get going. Yasiel Puig's another one of these guys that can just really carry a team when they get going. I don't think they even need Matt. I love that Matt Kemp is uh, a superstar again. He should have won MVP in 2011. Uh, you know, we have needle in his ass, Ryan Braun, who won. But, you know, that's okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind steroids. We already know that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just think that these guys can still be poised to compete if one guy goes down, as they've shown so far. And their rock bottom was nine games under 500. And they're now at 500. So uh, I think it goes up from here. I don't think it goes up. Uh, I couldn't disagree more. I still think they're a pretender. I. They might get in the playoffs only due to a weak division, but I think they are the exact opposite of what the Indians are. I think the Indians are a team that's underperforming. I think the Dodgers are a team that is better than how they're playing, no question, but not as good as they've shown in the past. I think there are, there are factors working against them one way or another. Their injuries, down seasons, Kenley Jansen's having a down year, even Bellinger is, even though he's starting to heat up, which is good, but... I just don't know if those guys can turn it around for a whole 162 and be able to do that. Turner's already been hurt this year. Kershaw's been on the DL, so they have a lot of question marks, way more than they have answers. Way too many question marks, Joe. We'll see what happens. You were right last week, but we'll see about going forward. Uh, we're moving on to some a little bit of news. This week, the Major League Baseball had their annual draft, first-year player draft, and huge news came out when the Oakland Athletics decided with their ninth overall pick in the first round to draft Kyler Murray. And if that name sounds familiar to you, he's a quarterback at the University of Oklahoma who's, who is going to be starting for them and is going to be a Heisman favorite this year. This guy runs a, a 4.38 40-yard dash, was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, and was right behind Baker Mayfield for the Sooners. And he's, gonna, he's supposed to be leading this team. And, but now that the Oakland Athletics have drafted him, the entire dynamic has changed. In college, he had good stats, hit 10 home runs, stole 10 bases, batted about 300. He was pretty good. He's definitely ninth pick caliber, but the question mark remains, is he going to sign? Is he going to stay in baseball? He did end up signing a $5 million guaranteed money, but the question is, after this one season of football he's allowed to play, will he be coming back? Mark, is this a bad move by the A's, drafting Murray so high up? It's no doubt a risk, but the reward could be great because if he does want to play baseball and they, they got him to at least sign a contract so you know you have some commitment, you know he's at least looking at playing baseball. It's not like it's on the back burner. It's it's still kind of in front of him. So that's something that you can look at. But it is a risk, especially at number nine, when you could get another guy, especially because who knows, there could be a guy like Aaron Judge who falls in in this draft and you look back at the A's and you say you didn't you drafted a player who did not even play for you. So there is there's a definite risk to it, but they know what they're doing. I think I think that uh it could work out. Yeah. I don't I don't like the move. Uh I don't like the pick. Uh the risk outweighs 
the reward for me. Uh, you know, he's a great athlete, and I understand that. And $5 million to a Major League Baseball team isn't that big of a deal. That's not the issue. The issue is losing the first-round draft pick. Every single year, you draft your first-round draft pick in hopes that he'll get to the major leagues in two to three years. And now you're risking this guy going out to play college football, one of the most gruesome and injury-prone sports there is right next to the NFL. These guys are going out there, you know, 12, 13 times in a regular season and two more times in the playoffs. He can get easily injured. He could have a career-ending injury, let alone a season-ending injury, and that could really affect his uh, baseball chances. Along with that... If he does have a good year and gets drafted to the NFL, he could make more money being an NFL player, and then it looks really weary for the A's because if he signs a big contract for football, then it really makes no sense uh, for him to sign one for baseball. He may make more money up front from NFL. Like, you know, the average lifespan of an NFL career is usually about, like, five years. So in the five years, he can make a ton of money. But over a 15-year MLB career, if he becomes what the A's think he will— he could make up to you know $150, $200 million by the end, especially the way contracts are going up and up and up and up, except for last year they didn't really go up. But trend-wise, over the past 10 years, they have gone up. You know, A-Rod signed that big contract that so long ago, and John Carlos Stanton, soon to be Bryce Harper. Yeah. Machado, too. They're going to they're gonna well. break records. Yeah. No, those are good points, uh, and I, I agree. I think that uh, he should go baseball if he's looking uh, money-wise, but, you know, uh, an NFL rookie contract, you're going to go five, five year, $80 million. It's really tough to turn down for $5 million guaranteed. Yeah, I totally agree. And baseball, you, you spend a lot of time in the minor leagues. That's a grind. NFL, you're on the sidelines. You may not be playing, but you're there. It's different. Yeah, way, di- way, way different. Way yeah, different. way different. You got to grind your life away in the minor leagues, going from shit city to shit city for 10 fans, ugly women. I don't it's think terrible. anyone wants to spend their time in a mo- East Bumblefuck, Oklahoma. Uh, Definitely not. Joe would know. Yeah, Joe would know. D3 baseball player. Yeah, there you go. D3 baseball player. All right, we're moving on. Uh, we're moving to a little fantasy baseball now. Um, we did fantasy heroes last week. We're doing the opposite. We're doing fantasy disappointments. So players that you thought would be great, you drafted them high. Now they straight up fucking suck. Mark, who you got? Fantasy disappointments. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt fucking sucks. That's just that simple. He has been... A huge disappointment. PSA, Paul Goldschmidt fucking sucks. Yeah, total. It's breaking news. Um, yeah, I mean, he's hitting 220. He, he, he's not producing in their lineup. He's had injuries around him, so some of his run, uh, like RBI production is uh, down as a result. But the humidor is real. It's real. The humidor and, is real. And there is knocking his balls down. Zach Ranke's pitching better at home this year than he ever has. So... I think that that could play a factor as well. I don't think he's the same header this year that he will. I think he could return to those levels, but might not be this year. Joe, who you got? Fantasy disappointments. Donaldson, who a lot like Goldschmidt was drafted very high in most leagues. Uh, He's got five home runs. He's batting 234. This guy obviously could turn it on. He's an MVP. Uh, He just turned 33 a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, it's possible. He's really gotten nothing from a lot of people who built their team around Josh Donaldson. You know, a lot of people draft a pitcher in the first round, and this guy has just done mostly nothing. Yeah, for uh, my fantasy disappointments, I have none other than you, Darvish. Uh, He was on the Dodgers last year in addition to – it was the Rangers, right? Yeah, he was on the Rangers. And now he's with the Chicago Cubs. A lot of weight on his shoulders with Jake Arrieta just leaving – and um, and Darvish has absolutely not been performing. He's got a four nine five ERA. He's one in three with two DL stints. He's been just absolutely fucking pitiful. He's got 
through through this year so far, he's got 4.7 walks per game. Last year, he had a 2.8 walks per game. Things are not going well. I drafted him on my team. Or no, I, I didn't draft him. I traded for him, which is even fucking worse. I gave up players for him, and he stinks. I can't handle it. I get literally no points from this guy. You Darvish is, was supposed to be a great pitcher, and he fucked me over. You could, you could have seen in the World Series. He can't handle pressure. Yeah, and there is a, definitely a and lot of pressure in China. To bring up the pressure, uh, you Darvish uh, was in an interview a couple weeks ago, and he said something that blew my mind that you've never heard from a major league player before. At least I don't remember hearing anything like that. He goes, yeah, I feel like the whole city of Chicago hates me. I don't understand how if you're a major league pitcher and you are on a team and you're supposed to be one of the aces of the team, maybe behind Lester, maybe ahead of Lester, regardless, uh, to say something like that, it, it's just disturbing. It just feels like you're not fully invested and your confidence is shook. I don't know how you come back with that. This guy, as we've said in the World Series, has not been able to handle pressure well. So I don't know if the clubhouse is pissed. I don't know if the fans are pissed, but I'm pissed. I would I'm not pissed want. Too. I would not want to hear that from my ace pitcher on my fantasy team, on my baseball team, or on, on my just regular team if I was playing on the Cubs. Yeah, honestly, if you Darvish doesn't turn it around, I'm going to be fucking pissed. And he's got no trade value either. I can't trade you Darvish. Nobody will take you Darvish. Mark like offers Mikolas for Darvish, and I can't do that. You should. I'm, I'm going to get, <laughs> at this rate, I might trade him for a pile of dog shit. He stinks. I could, I, dogs. Could, I could put Darvish on waivers, and half the league would not bid on you, Darvish. He's that bad. No, he wouldn't take my DL spot, so. Yeah, he, yeah he's, please, you, Darvish, tell your, tra- your translator. You, Darvish's translator. <laughs> tell you, tell you, Darvish. Please, God almighty, turn it the fuck around. My fantasy season depends on it. Thanks. All right, we're, and that was talking you, Darvish. We're, we're, we're moving on to the final segment, besides the one-minute opinion. The final segment, everybody's favorite segment, the power rankings. We're going to list all five teams at once, and then we're going to talk to each other about it. Uh, first up, Mark, who are your top five? Five to one. Five, I got Astros. Four, I got Mariners. Three, I got Cubs. Two, Red Sox. And one, I have the New York Yankees. Five for me, I had uh, the Astros. Uh, four, I had the Brew Crew. Three, I have those Seattle Mariners who just keep rolling. Uh, number two, I have the Red Sox. And number one, I have the pitiful New York Yankees, who I just so, hate. Joe, I'm going to agree with you with Seattle at three. At, at my power rankings, I had the Cubs at five, Strohs at four, Seattle at three, Yanks at two, Sox at one. Now, there seems to be a reoccurring theme here. One, we all got Seattle. Last week, not all of us had Seattle. And this week, the Astros have taken a dive. I mean, my reason for putting the Astros down is that they got fucking smacked by the Sox. They put them in their place. What do you guys, why did you guys drop them? Well, they split. They split. Yeah, but uh, the games that the Sox won. The yeah, yeah. And, and the Red Sox won the last two. They left there feeling good. They beat Verlander. So it, it, was a big, it was a big weekend for the Red Sox. So that's why I have them too still. They obviously have solidified themselves. The Astros dropping is just more of a sense of the Mariners taking like taking off and the Cubs also going on a hot streak over the last week or so. So those, that kind of factors in for me. That's why I dropped them just one spot. I think top five is reasonable for them. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree. But, I mean, it's getting to the point where they lost the lead in the division. They could be dropping out of the five if teams get hot. Yeah, no question. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Um, I had the Astros at five because uh, the Mariners just took two out of three from them. And – that was a really impressive series for the Mariners. I think that series finally put the Mariners on everybody's radar. 
I think we're all in agreement here that they don't have the pieces yet uh, to win a World Series. We said that last week in the Pretenders and Contenders. Uh, but they could, uh, you know, be at the trade deadline. Uh, they could make some moves. Uh, so you never know. But right now they're playing really good, and I had them above for that reason. I don't know. I'm still a little confused about Seattle. So when you look at the numbers, their run differential still stinks. They, last week they were plus 13. Now they're plus 22. But, like, they're they're winning games, but they're not crushing teams, which is just a little confusing to me. So, it, like, they may be good, but are they legitimate? And that's the question. I mean, if they go after someone near the trade deadline, if they stay in the top five in our power rankings all year, which I, I see as highly doubtful, considering really none of us have the Brewers in the top five, and they will be probably in weeks to come, that Seattle is in a weird spot. They, you just don't know what you're supposed to do in the situation. Well, it, yeah, it's just yeah, tough spot. All right, uh, we're moving on to the last segment, uh, one-minute opinion. Mark, what do you got? So, all right, I'm thinking here. I'm sitting here thinking about you guys. You got my one-minute opinion. I'm thinking, should I do a song or should I do a movie? I'm going to hit you with both. Movie of the week, Shrek. Watch it, love it, live it, all right? After that, listen to the soundtrack. You will find four or five gems. I'll just recommend one, I'm a Believer by uh, Smash Mouth. Great song, love it. You know, it gets you in the mood. It's not, it's not on a written quality, no question about it, but it's good, no question. All right, my one-minute opinion, I guess I'm going baseball again. I don't think that pitcher should be shagging BP anymore. We all remember Mariano Rivera when he tore his ACL shagging a fly ball during batting practice. I just think that pitchers aren't athletes. They shouldn't be doing that. Even if they are, I mean, stop running. What are you running for? Walk to get the ball. Throw it to a fan. Don't run hard. Don't try to catch it in the air. Just do what you have to do. You're, you're putting yourself in danger going after 115-mile-an-hour piss missiles from Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton absolutely rocketing the wall, and you're going after the ball. Get the fuck away from the ball. Stay the fuck away from the ball. If I see one pitcher go down in batting practice, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. That's my one-minute opinion. All right, this was the third episode. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, follow us on social media, at CaughtLookingPod on Twitter, at CaughtLookingPod on Instagram. Uh, If you really enjoyed the show, you can subscribe or you leave a five-star review. Also, if you're feeling it, you disagree or agree with us, send us an email, at CaughtLookingPod at gmail.com. Dot com. See you next week, and don't get caught looking.